Hey, hey, what's up? I know it's been a second, but welcome back to Oya with me, Alexandra Flores. You know, honestly, the election era sort of took the wind out of me. And uh, on top of that, I've kind of just been job hunting. So I needed a bit of a hiatus, but we're back. And with one of the smartest humans I know, Jesus Vallez out of Austin, Texas. They are a storyteller, a poet, and a performer, and most currently are attending Brown University for yet another master's degree. Jesus recalls their Disney gay years, we bond over our love for playing secondary characters, and they explain how their magnificent award-winning production, Undocuments, came to be. Do you have a podcast? Yeah. Well, what here's the thing. We, we, I, we didn't used to plug it a whole lot. I didn't used to plug it a whole lot because I was a school teacher. And all I talk about on that podcast is like, yeah, where did I come? Who fucking ate my ass out? Like, yeah. when did I go up on somebody's dick? But now that I'm no longer working for a school district, I can say that publicly more than I was before. Okay, what's it called? Uh, Las Latinas. Okay. P- my point is, I don't know how to like intro it. I'm always like, <laughs> well, welcome. Like, I, d- I don't know how to like start the flow. Maybe that's just... Yeah. I was going to say, we already started. So now no, I know that's, started. and this is part of the conversation. So my whole spiel about not knowing how to intro is my point is, I like to intro talking about the little versions of people. So if you have not seen the show on documents, who is little Jesus? I want full visuals. What are they into? Um, I love that you want full visuals on a podcast, like growing. <laughs> well, I want you to describe. <laughs> yeah. So little me um, sounds so funny. Um, Because in my head, I just see um, the aliens from Independence Day where they open up and there's just like a tiny little creature just like (laughs) operating this like big fat suit. Uh, Very interesting snacks. Um, A lot of round, just a lot of roundness, like uh, just like a tiny, like a tiny Mexican, like just several meatballs stacked on (laughs) top of each other. Um, Very obsessed with Disney. I was a Disney gay as a child. What was your movie on loop? The Little Mermaid um, slash in rotation with um sleeping beauty and specifically like because i'm fucking i'm a cocksucker and so like (laughs) the reason i love those movies is because i loved um ursula one poor unfortunate soul the best disney song but two um i just thought fucking maleficent was such a fucking bad bitch and everyone around her was so stupid like everyone who worked for maleficent was so fucking dumb literally animals animals were working for her (laughs) they looked for a baby for 16 years and thought yeah, we're looking for a baby. So they just looked for an actual baby for 16 years. And it's not until year 16 that she's like, wait, y'all were looking for a baby for 16 years, you idiots. You don't know that humans grow, which I guess is her bad. She should have clarified. That's also bad management. Yeah, you're really owning this Disney gay title. Well, I was and I abandoned it, but that's <laughs> oh. like a bit of trivia that I like to slide in and, and you know, in case yeah. I'm trying to be like- So did you have a lot of friends? I surprisingly did have a lot of friends, even though I was like super femmy and very like. That's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're very Um, like outgoing. That's why. Yeah. And I also think I was just like very talkative and I was like, um, I was past tense, bitch. Here I am. (laughs) Um, um, And I also had like, you know, I, for somebody who grew up pretty poor, I also think my parents spoiled me a lot. And Mm -hmm. and because they worked in the US, I think I, I also like, my little like treats for like, you know, not seeing them for like two or three days at a time would be like, they would bring me back toys from the US. I had like 
a collection. And so like a lot of the kids that I played with in Juarez were like, this bitch has toys, there's food at her house. And also like, I really liked reading. I really liked getting good grades. School was like a competition for me. Like I was like, this is it. This is where I flourish because I was terrible at sports. My brothers were amazing at sports. And so I think that really helped me like, that really helped me to like um, barter my way into friendships. I just wonder when you got into like performing, because was that like an early on love you found? No. Um, well, okay. So I think I was always like a fucking showboat. Like I used to, I think I got into performing because I was really into witchcraft as a kid is really how that happened. Whenever the wind would kick up in Juarez, um, if you're familiar, I don't know if you've, you've never been to Juarez. I've never been um, to Juarez. But um, when the wind kicks up, because it's just like dust, it's a desert city, the wind swirls the dirt around in really beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. So like, as soon as it got windy, like I would go outside and start and I would grab a stick and I would be like, I'm conjuring the winds and da 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 bitch. Like, I'm bibbity bobbity boom. Like, I'm gonna kill everybody. Fully, just like fully in my witch gig. And I think, and I think as a result, I was also like, I was also like somebody who took playing very seriously, like full backstories for all of the toys. All of the, sto the toys had very complicated relationships with love. Um, I would make outfits out of Play Doh for my toys just so that they would have different, like, different gigs, different nighttime looks. This is so yeah. random. How old were you? Were you did your imagination have like a cap? Uh, like a certain age because i i think about that andy and i my sister we used to like play we played till we were like kind of embarrassingly old with barbies but we just love to like make this like extravagant story come to life all the time and i like i remember getting made fun of i think in like fourth grade or fifth grade when girls like you're still playing with barbies and I'm, like yeah uh, but we also um, didn't have cable, so that's a whole another story. But continue. Well, girl, that, that's a whole, well, that's a whole thing. But that, but I, but I think that, that, but I think that helps to foster that, right? Because um, I, I fully did not stop buying like action figures and dolls and shit. That did not stop until maybe like twenty two. Mm -hmm. um, playing and just sort of like imagining scenarios for the for the playing. Honestly, like probably like sixteen or seventeen, and it wasn't that I was actively like it's playtime and I'm gonna make stories. As I got older, I think I would just sort of like have these like silent versions of playing where like I would like, so I, I, I love Sailor Moon. I, like, I, I was a big, big anime fan growing up too. And I would, um, with my first little like love interest slash boyfriend, we would go and shoplift at the KB Toys at the mall. And I would always <sighs> shoplift um, Sailor Moon dolls because they were so beautiful to me. And so I would just like sit there and like, I would like sit there and just hold the boxes of the dolls <laughs> and just make up stories for them. But wouldn't actually play because I was like, well, that's gay shit. But, <laughs> but. but in my head, <laughs> there was no cap. So wait, when was the last time that you remember playing? I think like, ooh, uh, keeping it like total honesty, maybe like sixth grade. But and that's late. But I, I just think that's like pretty good. And I never thought about that. It was like maybe I was just a weirdo, but. Andy and I, like, that was our thing. We would put the boombox, hit play, like, the now, Mix 96.1 would go. That was the radio station. And we would just play for hours. That's amazing. But so I think I that plays into what you were saying is that, like, we are both, like, somewhat creative people. And I think that also came out in our play when we were kids like that. And we oh, would totally. also do, like, um, we'd also do, did a lot of house. And, and um, Andy was always, like, the, the pretty one. And I was always the dog. Oh. Um, but like I fully took the role and like owned that role. I would only bark. Um. I mean, here we are, the pretty one, and we <laughs> yeah. stop here. I, mean, I was the Yolanda. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not the Yolanda. Please, no. But the Suzette. I was the Suzette. Yeah, I was the Suzette <laughs> to my sister. But like I fully like took the role, accepted it. 
But that's the thing, though. I think, like, that idea of, like, fully take the role and accept it, like, when you're like, okay, cool. Well, this is not the gig. I'm clearly not the main character here. What can I do with the role that I got? Um, which is, like, for me, like, in terms of, like, theater and, and theater making and, like, you know, performance, I love small roles. I love little roles. I love, like, little things that I can get into. Yeah, yeah girl, like, like, let's make an impact. Let's, you know, give the girls a kiki or a laugh or a little mm, moment and then bounce and then be the fuck out of there. Uh, you mentioned earlier brujeria. And when I last saw you, we talked about this. But, like, where does that interest come from? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think, one, I think, like, very early on, and it's so weird, before I, bef- bef- before I remember, like, Bible mm-hmm. stories in my head, I remember fairy tales in my head. You know what I mean? Did you like, grow like, up religious? Of, like, so, like, okay. I did Sunday school. I was, we, we were, we were very Catholic in that we were like very like up and up on like the sacraments, like, you know, baptism, first Mm -hmm. communion. I gave up right before confirmation, like right before I was going to start confirmation classes. I was like, I'm a Wiccan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then my mom was like, what the fuck are you talking? I guess, bitch, leave us alone. I think one fairy tales, like there was just such a, I I was so invested in fairy tales so early on. And, and I was, and and I was always so taken by like, witches in fairy tales i was like this is who you want to be like the the witch in the fairy tale is always actually the most active person in the fairy tale they're the person who's most actively pursuing the thing they want um they're the person usually with the most power and they always get killed by something stupid like it's always something dumb like true love or like a ship um but two my grandmother was a basket case one (laughs) Um, for a lot of reasons. She was yeah. also, like, not well. Um, mm-hmm. But she, like, she was really, really invested in, like, in, in like, brujeria and the supernatural at the same time that she was also, like, deeply Catholic and, like, deeply, like, anti the devil. She was also fully, like, I hate the devil and also we have to actively curse other people so that they won't curse us. And I was, like, bet. I can that work is- with that is my favorite contradiction of the Catholic, like, mm-hmm. religion is that, yeah, I feel like everyone's grandma is somewhat, like, the cracking of the egg on the head. That, oh, the limpia? Yeah, that can't be, like. <laughs> the cracking of the egg on the head. <laughs> just like, it just looks like your grandma was on jackass. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, that's it. That, that's really where, like, my, but, and, and again, right, I think, like, I think, I think eventually, like, this love of like play and this love of like like witchcraft and it's sort of like principles of like oh it's about language and intent and about belief and about like play right like it, it literally mm. is like like because that's all prayer is right like you're 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 literally putting words or language or intent out into the world in mm. hope that it will change something like that's fucking that's acting like you you get on a scene like you get on stage and you say some words or you move with some intent, hoping that you'll change something in your scene partner mm-hmm. or that something will change in the audience when, like, when, the, when the spell is done. And so I think like, I don't know, I didn't start theater until I got to like high school, but it really was like, I, I think it was always like the seeds of it were always kind of just like sitting in there germinating. Yeah, I just have had this complicated relationship with theater where like, I always feel like I don't belong. Um, yeah. but I know the conversations are always changing. Um, I don't know if you've had a similar relationship or you've just always felt. You know, oh, I, I think like, I think it's a little bit, it was a little bit different for me growing up in El Paso because um, El Paso is predominantly Mexican slash Mexican-American folks. Um, and so if you did theater in El Paso, like, I don't know, like racialization 
at least, or like, you know, xenophobia, or, you know, all of these things weren't as factored in, I think, in like how we thought about our own casting. I think, I think in El Paso, because we were almost all Mexican, Mexican-American, the one thing that for me was always in, in my head was like body type and body size. Mm. because I've never been like a small person and Mm -hmm. obviously it can look back at pictures now and be like oh I was like I was a fucking like you know I was like I was relatively like I was thinner as you know as a younger person but I was also like if you were to like line me up with all the boys who were around me like I was the I was the fattest one and so again I was always like the dad or like (laughs) you're the like the the you know the complicated macho character and I'm like but I just want to be like do y'all have like a witch role or like where- <laughs> <laughs> I like I never this is not like a boohoo for me I knew I'm not I was never like the beauty queen my like I knew I was never going to get cast as like in my head also this is all in my head as like some lead beautiful you know princess so like that also plays into like my desire to be on Law and Order SVU one day as the dead body number one because I know I can do it like that's a role that I can do um <laughs> 100 listen and I know we talked about this but it's just like <laughs> I, I think it's the same thing for me I think I think what it was is I, I was like I think I feel you in that regard in that like I was like there's no like no one bitch like no one who's a lead looks like you in anything unless it's like what maybe like with the George Lopez show and like even like do you really want to be a part of that mm. um and uh and two like I also think like as a result and and because I got so much joy out of like these bit parts or like these sort of small characters or like or being like the weird thing on stage mm-hmm. that like that gets a laugh my one of my dream goals is to be a person that one of the detectives mm-hmm. questions in the process of trying to find whoever is guilty in the episode. Like, I just want to be like, you know, some drag queen, super tired, putting on eyeliner and be like, well, she used to go to the donut shop down the street. So <laughs> you may want to ask Joe. Listen. Or like, or bagging someone's groceries and be like, I don't know. I've never seen her. You know what I mean? Like that kind of gig. Wh- whichever one of us gets there first, pitch the other, other person yeah we'll pitch the other person yes. i think i think it'll happen we'd be we would be in the same episode anyway fully oh fully <laughs> it would it I'm would like, mix it would go seamlessly murder in the barrio kind of gig where like <laughs> yes. they find your body inside of a pack of tortillas and they're yeah. like yeah so then you go to you go to college and you're you went to school in LA or San Jose? No. Yeah, explain no, that journey okay. to me. Um, I actually, I went to school at West Texas A&M first. So I- Didn't know that. Yeah, I, I went to West Texas A&M for a year. I went there to do English and communication studies because I was competing for the speech team. So I was doing performance, but I was doing like forensics, like speech and debate shit. Mm-hmm. West Texas A&M is a great school. Like really, actually, mm-hmm. legitimately, I mean that. Like it was a really great school. Canyon, Texas is not a great place to be when you're like a fat gay Mexican. So I was like, well, let me just leave. I went back home, went to UTEP, finished undergrad there, English Mm. and communication studies. I go to California to do my master's. I get my master's in communication studies, continue to do like performance studies. I I wanted to be a person who wrote about performance and theater. I did not want to do it. Then I came to Austin started teaching high school because I was like, I need a break from academia. I thought I was going to teach for one year and then apply to a PhD program. And that did not happen. I ended up 
teaching for eight years. And along the way, I want to say like my second year of teaching, I was so depressed and so bummed out and so like, just like, um, I mean, it, it, this is a small trigger warning for folks. Um, I think I, I also was like, ju- I was like just dealing really seriously with like suicide ideation and mm-hmm. like, and I was really like, I was really like, there was a point, I, second or third year here in Austin, I was like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I'm just going to do it. Um, and like, I had this really strange moment where like, I like closed all my bank accounts. I like all my bank accounts. I had two, I had two accounts. I closed them down, withdrew my shit, wrote letters, like cleaned oh. up and mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I'm ready to go. And then I was like, well, fuck it. Like, let me just do shit that's going to make me happy. So I auditioned for a show with Teatro Vivo. I got into the show. It was my first play as an adult. I was 27 years old. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. And then, yeah, like five years later, I guess, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing, like, I'm, I'm getting an MFA in playwriting now, which is fucking yeah. weird. But, but fucking cool. Yeah. And is Undocuments your full, like, full-length show that you have written? Uh, yeah, it's my first full-length play. Mm-hmm. And I know that began as a series of poems, but how do you, how does one even, I, I can write a haiku at best. Um, um, I think the poems happened because I, I, I'd been writing for a long time. I think my writing works best when you're saying it out loud and when you're moving inside of it. And I think that's what makes my shit performance. And also like, I think the reason that I, you know, that I decided to make it a show was, was because like, I'm just tired of paper. Like I'm tired of papers. I'm, I'm tired of like, I'm tired of documents. I'm tired of like, I'm tired of books. I'm tired of forms. I'm tired of filling out forms of questionnaires. Like I, I think, I think the first ways that our governments tried to like kill us, the first ways that governments try to flatten us, that they tried to sort of like rob us of our full like experience as like as, as flesh, as people moving in flesh with, with nerve endings and feelings and like life worlds inside our heads. The first way they try to do that is by like, by turning us into paper, right? By, by, by saying like, you are your birth certificate, you are your driver's license, you are your passport. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> eat a dick. Like, that's really what took me from, like, why I'm writing some poems down in a journal to, like, I want to make this a show because, like, I think ultimately I, I perform because I want to be less alone in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's fucking, that's real. <laughs> you're going to, well, you currently are, but you're going to Brown. You're moving to, is that New England? Yes. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. It's a it's a new part of the country you haven't yet ventured to, right? Like, what are you no, what are your yeah. expectations? Nothing. I'm setting the bar real low. Um, ghosts, hauntings, clam chowder, cobblestones, white dick, wall to wall. That's a poem right there. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. You know what? You know what's interesting is, and this is like I'm so thankful. As soon as I got in, immediately, like a lot of the Latinx folks who've been in the program, um, who've graduated but who are still in the program immediately made made it a point to like not only reach out to me but have also kind of like shepherded me through like the transition it's been so nice that like part of me is like all right cool i think i'm ready and also i think i'm gonna miss like warmth um (laughs) i'll miss the sun um i will miss i'll miss mexicans honestly like i'm not gonna lie like i'm gonna miss like i'm gonna miss being around a lot of working class mexican folks Mm -hmm. nothing is more comforting to me than like than hearing like senoras talking shit that's a, that's a thousand pillows for me. Like, please let me see them. <laughs> I always admire you because I think you're somebody I look to that, like, you're doing as, like, I feel like 
and I think I've spoken to you about this, is like in my family, like pursuing things that aren't normal, quote unquote, or like uh, uh, nine to five is kind of looked mm-hmm. at as like, why? Uh, or just, and, and that has to do a lot with how my parents grew up, honestly, like the, growing up poor. For me, I, I res- I'm reserved in like my, my future choices because I, I, I'm scared uh, because of the way I was grow- I grew up. Uh, oh, but yeah. Really? I hear that and I, I hear you. The goal for a long time, I think, was like, well, I want to be able to support my parents. And also, like, well, girl, you live under capitalism, and, like, capitalism is trying to kill us all. And, like, that's a lofty goal to be able to support two whole-ass adults um, on, like, your teacher's salary. Like, and I had to also kind of, like, lower that bar and say, like, okay, what if I also work under the premise that, like, my parents love me and my parents worked hard for me to be well and part of that wellness involves my happiness actually and my Mm -hmm. happiness is not a selfishness it is something that comes in the contract of loving me and what if I move in that and I do the things that will make me happy because the things that make me happy make me feel the most loved which is I think what like most parents want for their kids and I know that's not everything you want for their kids. And I know in some way my parents wish I was a fucking like architect or a doctor. Or, like I, I, I will say like, it seems like fearlessness and also like there was like a whole 10 years of concentrated fear mm. that now I've learned to diffuse. It's still in there. I just throw like a little bit of water, some salt, some lemon pepper. And I just like, you know, I, I massage it out and I, I let it, I let that fear work in other parts of my body. Mm. I let the fear drive me to like memorize my lines better or like or honestly take chances too like so often I'm so scared to like apply for things and then I'm just like what if you apply to them because like the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to reject you and like you're fat and ugly like you're already getting rejected keep going you know what I mean? yeah you know I think I overwater uh like those fears and it's been with me forever but I again I'm trying to get better at like taking those moments of being like, well, who, uh, you don't have a job anyway. Just fucking apply. You have unemployment. Just like, let's just, <laughs> what's the worst? Like that can happen. Look at Might as well. Cool. I just think that sense of fearlessness is uh, pretty cool. And yeah. obviously created a successful show in Undocuments yeah. for you. Yeah, I will say like, I mean, like, honestly, like not gonna, like I, I'm, I'm actually really legitimately proud of like, I'm, re- I'm very legitimately proud of the show. And also it's true that like, that show would not have happened without like Rudy Ramirez or Bonnie Cullum or like Melissa Vote or the people at Teatro Vivo or the people at the Vortex. Obviously, my family. That show would not have happened like if they had done, if they mm-hmm. if they just hadn't been like supportive. Um, I wouldn't have learned how to be a storyteller without my mom being a chismosa. Um, I wouldn't have been. I w- I wouldn't have the timing I have if it mm-hmm. wasn't for my dad like drinking and being lively at parties. Um, and also, it is also true that, like, I did this shit myself in a lot of ways, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I want to be able to hold all of those things together. Cool. So before... Cool! <laughs> Groovy! <laughs> Party! <laughs> um, so, uh, actual super rapid-fire questions um, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. before we end it. So, least favorite astrological sign? Oh, God. Um, Gemini. All right, people. This is where we end the... <laughs> I know. I hate me. Please hate me. I, I hate myself. No, sign. but I, I, I've seen the rest of your chart. So yeah, like, we, I, I, we're okay. 
I take the whole chart into consideration. I'm shit, but like, I'm on the lighter oh, end of kidding. shit. Ooh, just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna just uh, X that out real quick. You're, so, just, Gemini's my second least favorite. Aries. Aries is number one. Got it. Guilty pleasure TV show. Law and Order SVU. Like, it's fucking propaganda. And also, like, I fucking love those, like, interviewees. I fucking love those people on the bus or at the Walmart or whatever. They're crazy. How many seasons do you think that show will be? At the oh, end of forever. it. Oh, forever. Olivia's fully going to be a robot. Like, there is, it's going to be Zordon. It's just going to be like a giant tube with Mershka Hargitay's face. Mm-hmm. Um, CGI'd, yeah. Um, most embarrassing moment? Several. It's such like a J14 um, question. <laughs> but... Oh, gosh. Um, I fully, um, when I was in high school, um, this this guy was fucking me. And I fully, like, I was I, I was fully, like, not clean. And so, like, I, I, I'm, like I'm positive I shit on his dick. Um, and then I made him, and then I made him fuck me again and I put shit on his dick. And he went for it and he did it. I, I love how I asked you like, oh, your most embarrassing moment. Knowing you, I, it wasn't going to be like, oh, I tripped on a rock <laughs> and split open my pants. <laughs> no, I fully diarrhea on someone's penis. <laughs> so I like to like give people the opportunity to highlight somebody or future works that you have going, but highlight somebody else within the community that's doing really cool things that you mm-hmm. want to uh, celebrate. So if yeah. you have anyone or anything. I would love for, um, if you're not following Alan Lopez, who is a poet and a, a cultural worker, um, they're um, at Migrant Scribble on Twitter and on Instagram. They're incredible thinker, incredible poet, um, incredible like cultural labor. Um, and just such a fucking like, such a like lighthouse when it comes to like community aid and working with communities. And if people could also honestly, like the thing I give a shit most about really is like, if people could just get, become really familiar with like a lot of the, like the, the immigrant and like mm, um, asylum yes. seeker, um, like uh, bail funds in their cities, that'd be great. Um, if y'all can donate to uh, uh, Fianza Fronteriza, which is the, the bail fund for El Paso, that'd be great. But honestly, like, I, I just think, like, everyone should be on the up and up when it comes to, like, bail funds in the cities that they're at. Um, and just, like, donate as much as you can. Because the bars are closed, bitch. Like, what do you... What, yeah, for sure. Spent on, a, on a Long Island, like... So keep um, the bail funds going. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Jesus. Wait, what's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> um, so we were in um, science class, uh, freshman year of high school, and our teacher was cool, so he let us sit on the tables. And he said something funny and I was sitting next to this blonde girl. I don't want to say her name because she's a really nice person now. So I can't shit on her. We were laughing and I, as I was laughing, I farted and she was like, Oh my God, Alex farted. And the the only reason I was so embarrassed is because the boy I liked was in that class. And so it was just horrible. That's pretty lame that that's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me, but it stuck with me. So no, that's not lame at all. Like, I can see how psychologically that she would be in there. Just like, that's your villain. Like, like that's your super villain origin story. Yeah. Oh, it is. And we were all sitting in a circle. And it, you know, like those scenes in movies where like kids are pointing and laughing to music behind. Oh, like, no. Uh-huh. That's what it felt like. And I'm just like, like, uh, kind of stunned. Um, sounds terrible. Thank but you now, for like, that yeah, I, I felt I felt very um, safe. <laughs> but now I don't give a shit about farts. So I want to. Okay, so I should go probably talk to my therapist. I'm not a do that. Yeah, <laughs> about... I should talk to mine. I'm going to go drink. Um, oh, yeah. 
Ahora, ok. Well. For more on Jesus, you can find them on Instagram at Jesusia. And if you want to check out on documents, which, duh, you absolutely should, I'll put the link in the description on how you can access it online. Also, please give Alan Lopez a follow too, at Migrant Scribble, and support their work. And like Jesus said, we need to keep the bail funds going. I'll put a link from the National Bail Fund Network so you can find some in your city to support. Thank you all for listening. Love you all. I'm out.